0: Doo <laughs> doo
1: In coach, we're ready to play. This is 855 AM 3CR Radical Radio and you're listening to The Sporting Record where we talk about sports and stuff, Em. We do. Sports and stuff. Stuff and, and often the stuff is political. It is. Because sport is political. Can it, you believe it? it? Well, some people don't. Some people don't. Nah, it's just kicking kick a ball and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. There's nothing else to it. We've got a, we've got a pretty light show for you today. Things in Melbourne are getting a bit hectic, sporting-wise. You know, you've got the AFL men's finals coming in. You've got the AFLW season starting up. There's a Rugby World Cup going on, which, you know, that, that's happening. <laughs> it is <laughs> it is happening. On? Um, but we're going to talk about something happening locally that Em I are heavily involved with, and mm-hmm. that's the Renegade Pub Football League hey. and the upcoming Pride Round this weekend which is a cracker. We'll also get to the new collective bargaining agreement, if I've got my legal terms right. You have absolutely nailed it, Collective bargaining agreement, not an enterprise bargaining agreement, Mm. collective bargaining agreement, uh, in the AFL competition for the men's and the women's. It's the first joint ever bargaining agreement. Historic. Historic. And the AFL is telling us it's historic. They're letting us know. They're letting us know. They're letting us
0: know how bloody good they are, right?
1: Uh, before we get started, we will just like to do an acknowledgement.
0: The Sporting Record would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land, and on of which we broadcast this program on today, and on which much of our local sport is played. We pay our specs to Elders past and present, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. We would also like to acknowledge the incredible con- contribution of First Nations athletes to this country's sporting life.
1: Well said, M. Thanks, Jimmy. So this weekend on Saturday, and it should be a sunny day. It should be. It's looking pretty good. Who knows with this weather. But at Vic Park, so Collingwood's spiritual home, there will be the Pride Round for the Pub Football League, which is an all-genders league of teams that are, represent local pubs. So, for example, I'm the the Lomond Hotel Barracudas, yes, and you're Flippies. I-Gouges. I'm Flippies. Eye gouges, yes. Flippies being a gouge. wonderful, wonderful gay bar, and down there in Brunswick. Yep, on Sydney Road. Should and check it, it out. It's Pride Round, so it's a day full of all gender teams playing footy, celebrating diversity and, and inclusion. And the Renegade Pub Football League is a is a local thing that started out of people just wanting to play the game socially, inclusively. Sort of competitive, but it's all about the love of the game and the love of each other, and let's create a nice, safe environment to go and play. Mm. So Pride Round's coming up this week, and as a spectator, just going to give you the big sell. Beautiful day. Yep. Beautiful tick. ground. Tick. Bunch of interesting and strange people playing footy. Tick, tick, tick. Hey, uh, you got me out there, oh, <laughs> almost stimming. And you've got $6 tinnies. Oh, you can't so get that only, anywhere beers. else. And I don't want to condone heavy drinking, but the <laughs> the the six dollar tinnies do pay for a lot of the league's expenses. Mm. So that's a chief revenue, revenue raiser. Yes, and Indeed. and plenty of food there. Hot dogs, yep. not hot dogs. Snags, snags. <laughs> <laughs> not American. But yeah, are they? this ain't America. Yee-hole. <laughs> Uh, and there's there's music playing too. They have DJs going non stop. I've been a DJ there before. I was playing a lot of craft work. Yes, because I thought that was funny. And all- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and it bodes well for Meredith. Yes, it does, Meredith. Craft work. So in terms of um, the, the, we wanted to zoom out a bit. Mm. This Renegade Pub Football League that we're involved with, and we we do dearly love it. It's Part of the rise of all-gender sports that's happening in this country. There was a great ABC article a couple days ago about the All-Gender Games, which is a new event for all genders um, happening down... It's a Princess Park. Princess Park, yeah. Yeah. And people, no matter who you are, can come down, play some sport. And of course, given it's all genders, there's a heavy element of duty of care, it's a heavy focus on safety, and once you get that sorted, it's a beautiful time. Mm. M. From your perspective, being a, the mad dog you are, the mad dog, <laughs> yeah. What's seeing the rise of all gender sports in this country? What? What's
0: seeing it? Um, I think it's an acknowledgement that. That more more and more people are recognizing that this binary that has been created of men and women mm. doesn't actually represent a lot of our population. Mm. Um, and even if it did, I think it's also an, an acknowledgement that you want to play with your friends and sometimes your friends are different genders. And, you know, a barrier to being able to join together in a social way like that is significant my personal experience this year especially has been I was playing VFLW for the Western Bulldogs last year, mm. which is a really lovely experience. But it the whole time it was incredibly gendered and lots of, like, let's go girlies and stuff that really every time it just was, like, a little – I don't know the best way to describe it, it, but it's, like, someone just, like, pinching you or just kind of, like, just a little awkward or, like, oh, that feels uncomfortable yeah. to the point where it was, like – I didn't really feel like I belonged in the space. And wow. now the only sport that I've been playing this year has been in pub footy because that's the only space where I felt like my, me as a person, not even like my identity as a political weapon that some people try to use transness as Yeah, it's my identity. Wasn't just tolerated. It was celebrated. And that's a really big kind of um, difference. Difference to acknowledge and that makes a big difference to the way that I can live my life and like be in a team and have half the team be trans and going through different experiences and being able to like have community within that and within sport because sport is so important to so many Australians. Mm. Like we know that like it's huge and people being excluded because of just be existing is really sad and it's been really hard for me this year like trying to figure out where I'm going to fit into sporting spaces, especially at more Upper levels where mm. it does go binary again, and and there's really there's no policy that actually covers who I am in the AFL, so I don't even know how they would approach. It's like a don't ask, don't tell at the moment kind of thing, yeah, which is awful. I don't really want to do that. I would want, you know, but that's just how it is at the moment. So spaces like the Renegade Pub Footy League, the all gender games at Princess Park is like giving spaces for people who love sport an opportunity to be there and be themselves and not feel like they need to hide anything, Mm. which has been very valuable for me. And like in that ABC article as well, they said um, a lot of queer people struggle to find community offline. Um, The internet has Mm. been a wonderful place over the last 10 years for a lot of queer spaces to develop and especially trans spaces to develop. But, a lot of it hasn't translated to offline and, and meeting in person. Yeah. Um so it's a really it's a really wonderful like league. So this this league as well, the all gender games describes themselves as a fluid format um soccer series made for queer, trans and gender diverse people and also welcomes black, indigenous and other people of color players and their allies that was established in twenty twenty one. Um and it was just you know also, all abilities as well. There's like tra- disability advocates yeah. within that league, finding it really an affirming space. So, mm. I think that's probably, probably, something that a lot of those reasons are why that people are just like need community, and it's hard to find that in our traditional, like binary spaces. I mm. guess. How mm. have you found the pub footy for that?
1: Uh, similar. You know, I'm I'm from a different perspective, but mm. you know, I played very high level. Boys slash men's football competitions my whole life, and it's only now that I realised just how uncomfortable I was in those environments, mm. for whatever reasons, whatever labels I would put on myself. But it was just it was just so difficult in those places that were so intense, so masculine, so clicky. Mm. and it wasn't until I started playing pub footy that you go oh. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't have to just feel uncomfortable all the time. All the time.
1: Yeah. And for me, I'm very self-conscious about my body and how I look and how I feel. And in pub footy, it's, it's yeah, you do whatever you want. You wear whatever clothes you want. Right? Mm, yeah. Uniforms <laughs> are lax, yeah. which I find the most wonderful thing. Mm. I can wear big baggy shorts that I feel comfortable in and I don't feel like an outcast. Mm. And then you can just play football. And I'm a big guy, so I've got to be really careful. But I find it quite easy. I just don't tackle people.
0: Yeah, well, there's like a <laughs> a, a good duty of care that I think is really surrounds the league that I really like and mm. I think it's made it really good talking about other duty of care things within AFL. Look, I know it's a social league, but it's been interesting being able to discuss ways in which people can take on personal accountability and responsibility for the duty of care of others. Um, in And so that means as well there are certain rules that make sure that safety is prioritised mm. and ensures that different types of you know, bodies and genders get a, a go
1: in all areas on the on the ground, which is really good. Definitely. Mm. So at the Pride round, there's going to be a display, a, a, a mural or something, I guess, of a lot of people telling their story from awesome. the different teams. Um, so they're getting a big display of people sharing their experiences from playing in the pub footy league and those sorts of things. It's anonymous, but you can see people answering questions about what it means to be included in an all-gender competition in a safe place that's actively working to make it as safe as possible, not just for gender-diverse people, but for people with neurodivergence and Mm. different social things. So, long story short, it's going to be a great day. It is. I think it's really wonderful.
0: And even not Pride Round, it's a great day to just come and watch Mm. all these teams. Like, they have... Like, like Jimmy said, there's heaps and heaps of music playing. Sometimes I get a little bit distracted on the field and have a little dance mm. when it's up the other end because the DJs nail it. But it's such a Pride Round especially, I think, will just be a really joyful, wonderful day and it'll be great to be around and enjoy the, the beautiful weather. Bring your dogs as well. Bring
1: your dogs. Very they can have dog- a run at halftime yep. and it's totally free. Yes. Huge. Totally free. So and that's happening on Saturday down at Vic Park. From you know eleven a.m. until I don't know sundown. Jimmy, we're playing against each other. Yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> that's the
0: that's the clincher.
1: We're playing against each other. So the host of the sporting records, Em and James, uh, mm. John, his body does not work anymore. So he can't play football. <laughs> Shout out to
0: John, currently in
1: Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan? I think. Yeah. Yes, he's yeah. got some. Uh, He's got some hot gossip from the, the World Nomad Games. Oh, he's got, he would have the hot goss. He would have the hot goss. <laughs> but if you'd like to see the sporting record host go at each other and have a choreographed punch on that's not a real punch on, it will be the game of the year. It I will think. be the game of the year, yeah. Yeah. So that's set day happening all day. It's a good time.
0: Gouge versus Barracudas, the Cooters. Yeah. So Jimmy versus M at. 12 p.m.
1: And just to be clear, the name of M's team is the eye gougers. Yes. But we don't condone that sort of behavior. No, we it's, don't. It's symbolic. It is symbolic only and never in practice. Now, we're <laughs> going to jump to a few announcements now. And on the way back, we're going to get into the heavy topic. Oh, yeah. Of collective bargaining agreements. How good's that? <laughs> Public transport's great. What's not great is that unless you've got a radio with you, you can't listen to the 3CR when you're on it. Until now, the Community Radio Plus app lets you listen to us wherever you are. Get on board and search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your apps.
0: Donations to TransFamily are tax-deductible. For more information, visit transfamily.org.au or look for us on Facebook. TransFamily is a 3CR supporter.
1: October is a month for all your country and Americana good times. Asleep at the Wheel, Thornby Theatre with Summer Dean on the 13th. Melissa Carper, Brunswick Ballroom on the 16th. Willie Watson at the Mimo Music Hall on the 19th. Thornby Theatre on the 20th. And Menian Town Hall on the 21st. Jenny Don't and the Spurs. The Pink Stones and the Burge Band play Brunswick Ballroom on the 12th. And the Barwon Club Geelong on the 13th. All this and more this October. Love Police supports 3CR. You are here on 855 AM 3CR Radical Radio. This is a sporting record. Now, and we're going to get into the new collective bargaining agreement in the AFL men's and women's competition. Mm. To start off, I'm not very legal minded. (laughs) I don't break the law, but I don't know it (laughs) often. What? What the bloody hell is a collective bargaining agreement?
0: That is a it's a really good question, and I think it's something that everyone should be aware of because most people are employed um, and employed by someone else. Obviously, there are some people who are self-employed, but it's really good to be aware of your own collective bargaining agreement that you might have in your own workplace so you can be aware of the types of conditions that you have. Oh. So a, con- a collective bargaining agreement is an agreement that's made between employees and employers and potentially a union if they're involved about the conditions of their employment. So things like rates of pay, leave, superannuation, broadly those things. So a collective bargaining agreement in the AFL men's and the AFL women's is essentially that. It's their conditions in which they're employed. Obviously, it's specific to... Elite sport, um, right. but that's the, the essence of it. Is just the conditions in which their their employment.
1: Right. So is. we're gonna do this thing for you AFL, which is play footy, mm-hmm. but we need these things in return. Based on safety and income and blah 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 blah. All that those right? things. Yep. That's it. That's it. Right. So there's a new collective bargaining agreement that has just been announced. Hot off the presses hot announced the presses. today. Yeah. It's not quite a 3CR exclusive. Not
0: not not exactly, but, but we've
1: got some 3CR hot takes. We do have some 3CR hot
0: takes. I think before we get to the hot takes, I'll give I'll run you through the types of things and then I'm ready to hear your hot t- hot takes. Yeah. Um so there's the summary of the new CBA for the men's includes a 10% increase in base pay in 2023. 37% increase in pay over the life of, of the deal. Um, average player salary. This is important. Keep this number in mind. To increase from $387,000 in 2022 <laughs> to $519,000 in 2027. Um, three-year contracts for first-round draftees. Um, they're probably... The biggest ones, there's an inj- injury and hardship fund, a uh, $40 million boost to $60 million over five years. for the- So this is for the men's. Yeah. For the women's, there's a 29% pay uplift for AFLW players effective immediately. Mm-hmm. The season length, so currently it's 10 rounds, it, to increase to 12 rounds in 2025, oh. potentially t- 14 rounds in 2027 based on on a key, achieving key metrics. So that is... Don't know what those key metrics are. Um, the AFL women's total player payments inclusive of base amount is more than $32.3 million for 2023 compared to $25 million for Season 7 and $10.4 million in Season 6. Um, there will be... Uh, certainty with 12-month contracts implemented and the ability to sign multi-year contracts, the same as the men's competition. And there's also a 12-month pregnancy policy commencing from six weeks before a player's due date and it will be immediately introduced, as well as increased investment into player support and welfare. There's other things as well, such as um, increased access to players for media and broadcast um player relocation and travel benefits for both a, men's and women's players who relocate states, things like that. Okay. So they're they're broadly the big changes. Yeah. But within that we there I think there are some issues. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um <laughs> but I'm keen to hear your hot takes
1: first, Jimmy. Well, look, it's amazing that the the average female players contract is going from 46k a year to 82. Mm. That's great. Yeah. 82 is a livable wage. Yes. For an athlete, they have more expenses than a regular Joe Blow. So that's good. Still means there are a lot of people below 82k because it is an average. Yes, that's right. Of course, which is still concerning. But that's a good move. But I wonder if I do quick maths here, What's that thirty six k rise yep for the women on average on average compared to over a hundred k rise for the men's yeah between well, it's doing
0: a comparison between twenty twenty two and twenty twenty seven but there isn't there's only the effective immediately. Um, pay rise for the women. So there's no long-term pay rise goal like there is in the men.
1: Yeah. So my question is, why do the men's salaries need to increase? And it's an average of half a million dollars. Yeah, that's average. That's a house a year. Yeah, that's a good house a year. Yeah, or a great apartment. Yeah. Why? Why do the men's salaries need to continuously increase? When they're already at an obscene number. Mm. You know, I like the idea of redistribution and caps on how much someone can earn so that everyone can get a little bit more of the pie. Mm -hmm. Why do they need to do that? What's uh, what's that about?
0: Yeah, I think that's a good question because is it – I mean, I guess from a player point of view, if there are more expectations of you to be available to things like media or – if there's less control over whether you get traded into state or something like that, maybe mm. you want to be compensated. I'm all about workers being compensated for, especially in dangerous positions. But I think in this situation, it's there are some pretty glaringly concerning aspects to this deal that are, there's just such a huge inequality that's basically now in print for at least... 3 or 4 years to come yeah. and it gets worse. Like yeah. it's it's there's the 20%, 29% pay uplift now means that you know by 2027 when the average AFL men's player is making half a million dollars the women's will still be on 2023 salary.
1: It's so much money. Yeah. <laughs> for like for Yeah. What?
0: That's and I get the other thing is restricting women's rounds to like they haven't said what the key metrics are to expanding the competition at the rounds it'd
1: be viewership it'd it'd be viewership and money yeah
0: um but to only increase to 12 rounds in 2025 so that's two years away yeah and then potentially 14 so we're not like who knows when we're ever going to see a full season where every team plays each other yeah like that's it's literally, like, we have no idea. It's It seems as though it's going to be, be at least half a decade away. Um,
1: They're saying this is an amazing agreement. Yeah. But, like, it kind of just locks in I think an excuse it, to kick the can down the road.
0: Yeah, I think it locks in inequality. I think it locks in reasons to keep the women's game from expanding. Like, I know that a lot of people would probably disagree with that at the AFL, but there's nothing in here that's looking at actually, how do we ensure the growth of the game? Like, I know it's good to have these effective immediate things, but there's growth in the game written into the men's CBA part of that. Right. But there's, I don't see any growth here that's written into the women's. Like, it's maybe we'll go to 14 rounds if key metrics are met, but the men get their pay rise regardless of yeah. what happens, you know? Yeah. So it feels as though there's just, going to be, it's opening up room for debate about whether these key metrics are met and whether the women deserve to have these things when the men are just going to get it handed to them anyway.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. My other hot take... Yes, lay it on me. It's to do, we've covered that there's going to be a phase-out of gambling ads and sponsorship over the next few years. that was a good story that you covered. That was good. Now, that's going to mean a whole lot of revenue for the AFL will in a way, disappear Mm. over the next few years. And so we're seeing over a 100K increase on average to men's salaries in the AFL and a a smaller increase in women's. But then this revenue of advertising is going to be disappearing from underneath. Mm. So as a prudent financial person, it makes me wonder, why do you need to keep increasing men's salaries when you know there's going to be a bit of a, a squeeze on revenue, given this thing, it's going to become law. It's going to be a thing that the whole country does. And it makes me worried that someone's going to lose out mm. when revenue falls away. Because, let's face it, there's no there's going to be no sponsor that gives as much money as gambling companies. Mm. Because they get banged for their buck. Yeah, they just reckon huge amounts. Their business model is addiction. Yeah. And so if they get anyone, off, uh, like one person off one ad, that's a great revenue stream. Mm. You multiply that by thousands or millions, and oh, you're in the money. Mm. That seems to be a bit of a shortfall. Seems to be, you know, I, I, I worry that the women's game will just be like, oh, yeah, we've got funding constraints. Uh-oh. Yeah. Let's not invest in this as much as we could. Huh. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a it's a valid concern as well. Um, I can't think of the exact team off the top of my head, but there was a – I think it was a soccer team that was sanctioned oh, – or was it a cricket team in – I'm fairly certain it was in India where the men's team did something – like they broke a rule in their competition and it meant that they had to pay a huge fine. Wow. And their women's team – got cut because that was the in in order to pay their fine they decided to the the um to pay for it they would cut the yeah. expense of the women's team. That's so scary. that's scary it's a it's a genuine concern and it's also something that again with like I said, within this C B A, it's there's not a n there's not a lot of um like room for growth like for just allowing it to happen and encouraging it. It's like they, it's still on the place to almost grow the game, not just I- expecting it to happen and, and nour- nourishing it in a way that's like we know that it's going to grow and we're going to invest in it, and we know that it's going to be like they do in the men's. And it's mm. uh, again, I acknowledge that it is still an expanding competition, but now we've got all eighteen teams, and you're not going to have like a. F- we don't even know when there's going to be a full competition, and like pe- when it, like people those all those like horrendous people on the internet, it's hard to get them on board and for them to take it seriously mm. when that's there is still so much um inequity in the in the in things like this
1: and then you do things like you start the women's competition in the middle of the men's finals yeah like I, what do you expect's gonna yeah, happen
0: yeah <laughs> people are like it's quite jarring to go from the start of the season to the end of the season like it's For anyone, like it make it's understandable that people are not tuning in because they're so focused on the men's. I I still really vibe uh, John's suggestion of having the women start in the have a full mid competition um, buy in the middle of the year for the men's, and that's when the women start as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We get some double headers. Double headers, like in the NRLW, it's what's been happening with the Knights the last few weeks. It's been awesome. Yeah,
1: so that's that.
0: Yeah, that's that. We'll keep you updated if there are any more developments out of this, but there breaking news from today,
1: and uh, we'll keep you posted. We'll keep you posted. So this has been the Sporting Record. This has been James and M. Hope to see you at Pride Round out there, everyone yeah. in Western Land. Come say
0: hello. We'll we'll be in the first game having a punch on. It's okay, it's not actually
1: real. Yeah, a choreographed punch up. <laughs> choreographed punch up Have a great week, everybody, and stay sporty. <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned in to 3CR, community radio.